listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for the end of August 2013. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Saints Row 2. My name is Brandon Kikowski-Schnell, and my game of the week is not Saints Row 3. <laughs> well, that leaves one game. Uh, Brandon, uh, first of all, I, I guess I'm going to have to learn how to pronounce your name. Yeah. Brandon Krensowski Shell. Yeah, uh, that's that very right? close. It's <laughs> Kakowski Schnell. Yeah, it's exactly what I just said. You know, I already do a podcast with a fellow who has a Polish name on my movie <laughs> well, I'm podcast. Polish I don't know that German. I have... All right. Oh, Polish who and can... German. Can I just call you Brandon CS? Yeah, absolutely. That's all right. That's Brandon CS. Uh, you've been doing a uh, a game diary for us. Speaking of yep. me butchering names yep. for uh, Doopy Poodoo <laughs> yep. Suki, right? Lulu. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's it. And famed, while famed we're on the topic, of, <laughs> right? And, and while we're doing baby talk, uh, your Twitter handle. <laughs> give us that real quick. At Mr. Binky, M I S T E R B I N K Y, all one word. <laughs> Well, while we're doing our social media stuff, uh, follow Quarter to Three on Twitter at QT3. Uh, like our Facebook page at Quarter to Three. And a real quick plug, we have some exciting changes in the works. Uh, one of which, by the way, is I, th- I think we might be having more stuff from Brandon CS here. I've really enjoyed yeah. your, your doopy noodoo poo-poo <laughs> game diary. This <laughs> has been great. And you, by the way, Brandon, one of the highest praises I can pay your game diary mm-hmm. is you have you have almost, almost made me actually play the game oh good it's a great game <laughs> you're so close i think if there were like one more entry it might push me over the edge oh, i can't well, say for certain Friday, let's let's hope for the best then all right yeah this this might be the weekend i finally give in um but amongst the changes coming for, from quarter to three uh i kind of hate to do this because when i know someone's going to do this i i dread it i'm like oh please stop already uh but we're going to do something a little differently. Starting on this weekend's movie podcast, uh, we're going to be doing a – and I so cringe to say this, but I, I trust me, it's not as bad as you think. We're going to be starting a month-long pledge drive, but th- oh, don't go yet. Nice. That, uh, yeah, but, but this pledge drive, though, we promise it's going to be more – than the average pledge drive. This is going to be interactive with the listeners, and there's something in it for you, the listeners. So uh, join us for the Quarter to Three movie podcast this weekend uh, to find out what we'll be bringing you in the coming months with this cool pledge drive ideas. Um, But today, forget movies, uh, because today we're here to talk about, uh, I I, I don't know if you would agree with this, Brandon, the greatest game of all time. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's pretty. I think it's a pretty fair assessment that if you were to, I think, <clears throat> really, if you're like talking about the Citizen Kane of games, <laughs> I think I think I think this is the um, Kentucky Fried movie of games. If I had to. Well, now you made it sound like weird and seventies and gross <laughs> and early John Landis and. <laughs> uh, I. Yeah, okay, fair enough. If we were to pull back from the hyperbole and just speak on strictly more practical terms, this uh, would be the greatest game of the 21st century. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, I would call absolutely. That. Now, uh, you're here, Brandon, partly because when I think of Saints Row fans, you definitely uh, come to mind. When I oh, when, yeah. the fra- when the phrase Saints Row bitches comes to <laughs> mind for me, it's like your voice saying it in my head. Um, yeah. So yeah, quickly lay out for us. If there's two dudes talking about Saints Row, what are your bona fides on this? Like, what's your background with the series? Um, um, 
my background with the series is back when I was a writer for Game Shark. I went to a preview event in Las Vegas for Saints Row 2. And um, my friend at work, Petey, um, if you've ever listened to my podcast, you, you know who Petey is. Um, he had played so real re- quick, just to, to plug that, that's uh, no oh, high yeah. scores. And the yep. podcast is Jumping the Shark. Right. Um, and so Petey's been my co-op partner for years now, and he... Real quick question. Original- Sorry to interrupt. Quick question. Sure. Does, does Petey actually exist, or is this an imaginary friend? Oh, no. He he totally exists. Yeah. Right. In fact, uh, he and I have been... If there's a co-op game that, that I have played, I have played it with him. Um, but people have actually seen Petey in the real world. He's been witnessed. He's not like an invisible rabbit kind of friend. Um, yeah, I know he's, he's, um, he's the director of ops for my, my company. Yeah. For where I work. So, so he's, he's a smart network guy. He, he keeps everything running. We would literally not, our company would not exist without him. So yeah, he's a real, very important person, much more important than me. If I didn't show up for work, I don't really think anybody would give a damn, but, um, so yeah, he had played the original Saints Row, and he had kind of told me that's like yeah, it's kind of you know you know like it's an open world game, and I was like oh okay, um, and so I basically had a day where I got to sit in a hotel room all day long and play Saints Row Two, and then they did kind of a multi or co op thing at night, and I just completely fell in love with the game um, because I, th- I can't remember where it came out in relation to GTA Four to be perfectly honest, but I I mean I really enjoyed GTA Four. But there was just something about the, the 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 tonal shifts that they would do between like really kind of serious stuff and then like just slap slapstick kind of crazy stuff. But it never felt forced and it never felt um, you know silly. Well, I mean, it felt silly in the right way. But the the the, the silly stuff was silly and the serious stuff was serious. And I just really liked the way that they blended. Um, everything together. I love the activities. I love the co-op stuff, being able to just, you know, the two of us, you know, tear up still water and do all the activities together. And, and just, you know, I just loved everything about it. And so I've been a fan, um, since I, I sat in that. And what's funny is that, um, that was the weekend of the Republican national convention. So I remember playing <laughs> Saints Row two and watching Sarah Palin's speech. And it was, a, it was, which, you know, you'll like, because I believe she's your in-game avatar at the moment um and it was just such a I, on the one hand i was thrilled to be playing saints row 2 and on the other hand i was terrified that this this woman could potentially uh be the, the <laughs> vice president of the united states um but uh, uh, it, in addition to that tone stuff that you're talking about and the sarah palin thing is so appropriate uh i'm definitely playing a sarah palin i think she's just like saints row is Saints Row 4 is the best game of the 21st century. I think she's the most fascinating political figure of the 21st century. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I never for one moment thought she would become the vice president, and that's part of why I can be safely fascinated with her. (laughs) And and even maybe there could be – I'm not saying there is, but it's entirely possible I can understand someone being sexually attracted to her. I know no one wants to hear about that on this podcast, but I can understand that. So – Sarah Palin, to me, is a perfect companion to the excesses and the silliness of Saints Row. Um, yeah. But in addition to that that tone you're talking about, Brandon, one of the things I've always admired about Volition in the Saints Row series, and you also see this in their Red Faction Guerrilla games. Uh, Which is also awesome, one of my favorite games. Up absolutely. until that very last eight-minute road race. God, uh, yeah, that, that, that didn't happen. That was not in the game. That You <laughs> dreamed that. Oh, you're right. <laughs> uh, but they've always uh, done... 
been really good at, at at integrating gameplay systems in a way that I feel has eluded Rockstar. Rockstar does some really brave experimental stuff, and and they're to be applauded for pushing certain boundaries, but I always feel like they're not very good at integrating systems and engineering gameplay. Um, They're certainly awful at economies for the most part. And I feel like Volition has always really gotten that part of game design. Uh, So in addition to being over-the-top silly, these great tonal shifts, they just do really smart game design. Yeah, Uh, I I would agree with that. And I... Go ahead. No, no, no. Go on. Well, uh, I, I... I'm looking forward to talking specifically about some of the stuff in Saints Row 4, but before we get into that, if you're listening, maybe you're starting to play Saints Row 4, maybe you haven't finished it, uh, I just want to let you know we're not going to spoil any of the stuff at the end. Uh, right. What this podcast is for is we're going to assume, you know the premise, uh, we're going to assume you're maybe just sort of spitballing it, I, I don't know, 10 hours into it, maybe halfway through the plot stuff. So I've finished it once. I'm working on a second playthrough now. So just to be more specific, if you can, Brandon, kind of elliptically tell us like where you are in the plot right now without maybe giving too much away. If, okay. like, like what's to the point where we can spoil stuff? Um, well, I am at a point where, and this um, this doesn't spoil things too much because this has kind of been a thing <clears throat> with the Saints Row, uh, with Saints Row Two and Saints Row Three. I am at the point now where um, I have gotten the band back together. Let's just put it that way. Um, Saints Row Two, you know, you kind of had to to get some people by your side. Saints Row Three, you had to get some people by your side, and Saints Row Four is the same way. So I, I kind of I have. Um, I have a, a, a laundry list of homies that I can call up at any point um, if I need to. And um, and from a, a plot perspective, um, I shouldn't say that I have the entire band back together. There's one crucial uh, member that I'm still looking to obtain. Um, but I would say I'm probably about halfway through, if I had to guess. So uh, is the crucial member, are his initials JG? Yes, they are. Okay. Because we all know uh, Johnny Gat died in the last game until yes. you finished it, in which case you could play j- zombie Johnny Gat. So there's a yeah, zombie but, version running around. But, but we don't, we don't want to think of him in that way. I mean, that's, that's a <laughs> it's, it's stinky is what it is. He smells bad. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's funny because when you mention um, doing another playthrough, and I, and, and I should have mentioned this as my, my bona fide. So I played all of Saints Row 2 uh, on a review copy. Mm-hmm. And then I... Um, PD and I played uh, again, and we we got through. I would say eighty percent of the way through the game, and something happened where it was no longer tracking our progress. So we both rolled up an entirely new character and played through again. So I have played through Saints Row Two three times, which is <laughs> I think more. That's the record for me. I have never played, with the exception of I'm trying to think. Clash of Fear. No, no, I only played through that twice. Uh, yeah, so so Saints Row 2 is the game that I have played the most. And if anybody, I mean, I don't replay games. Once I play a game, I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that's how much I loved it, was just because, you know, it didn't matter. And so, and in fact, the character that I rolled up for my second time, I patterned after. In, in Saints Row, they have a uh, they have a franchise that, that riffs off of Wendy's, and it's called Freckle Bitches. 
uh, it's closed down now, but I patterned my, my character off of Freckle Bitch. So in, in, in Saints Row 2, she had like the red hair and the braids and the freckles and, you know, she was obviously, uh, a little more, uh, I guess tarted up would be the right word. Uh, and that, that's who I've had for Saints. I have like a Cockney guy that I use as my, my review. So when I reviewed Saints Row 3, I used him for the review stuff. And then when that PD and I played, uh, Saints Row 3, just the two of us, then I, I rolled up Freckle D. And so she's who I'm currently running around. One of the uh, great Steelport. tragedies, one of the big tragedies of, of Saints Row Three, is that uh, Steelport does not have Freckle Bitches franchises. Yep, that was a, a terrible day, uh, and I don't want to say that that's addressed in any meaningful way in Saints Row Four, but they do at least acknowledge it in yes. at least three different points. Uh, yes. One of which you might have seen, uh, but there's. Uh, at any rate, if you missed Freckle Bitches from Saints Row 3, suffice to say Volition is smart enough to know in Saints Row 4 that you missed it. Uh, and yeah. they have a thing or two to say about that. Um, yes. Well, let, let's talk about our characters. So uh, uh, who are you rolling with in Saints Row 4? What, do you, uh, what did you roll up? Because that's one of the great things about Saints Row, about Volition, specifically in Saints Row, is they, they make the main character a sort of cipher, and you plug in there whomever you want. Uh, there mm-hmm. are a lot of voice choices uh in this one um so what have you got going in saints row 4 brandon um well she is uh yeah she's is she um, another freckle b yeah she's she's actually she's my saints row 3 character yeah so, so you can I, import I, them because you're yeah. playing on that that microsoft box aren't you yes i am and you can import yours on the pc too if you if you had linked your uh steam account to um to your volition uh, your saints row community account you can upload <laughs> your Saints Row 3 character, and then download it into Saints Row 4. Now, there, there might be some customization stuff that's missing, but um, you don't have to be an X-Bot, as it were, uh, to, to enjoy that. Actually, so. can I... Because uh, if I have... I, I played Saints Row 3 uh, on the 360, can I... I don't and think then you I've can go... For the PC. So, yeah, that's I'm a victim of cross-platform. Yeah, uh, you can't... That you can't do. Thanks Mine's. for getting my hopes up. Yeah, uh, sorry. But, uh, so, uh, but yeah, so she's got um, she's got loose loose pigtails. Um, she's got a I have a very fashionable kind of red and purple outfit, you know, kind of mini skirt and um, thigh high boots, little half jacket, uh, tube top. She's got a very nice kind of torso and stomach flower tattoo because I have a bunch of tattoos. So um, yeah, she she looks pretty good. And then I and then her voice, I do the voice uh, the female voice one, which you'll if you've ever seen any of the videos of um uh her and 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 pierce singing um or the character and and pierce singing in saints row three when they're doing what i got by sublime she's she's the one who does the best voice not the southern bell one though not the southern bell no it's like uh i forget her name laura something or other i think but uh, it's female voice one okay uh so for my first playthrough uh and i don't remember how this happened just sort of Plinking around at the randomizing bit uh, and basically just wanting to get into the game, knowing that it was a review copy that wasn't going to be the final retail release. I ended up just making a a fat professor dude uh, who inadvertently looked like uh, there's an actor who died a few years ago named Richard Griffiths, who I think was in the Harry Potter movies. Uh, (laughs) He's a great English actor. Oh, Mad Eye Moody? Was that him? uh, I've never seen the Harry Harry Potter movies, so I don't know who he was. Okay. He's a he's a portly British character actor. Um, Sounds like Mad Eye. Could be, could be. Um, so uh, my guy just was portly. I put him in the fifties glasses. He looked absolutely in place in that early fifties bit. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. 
And so uh, I just stuck with that, and he had the the Cockney, the, the British voice, which is, I think, clearly That's, a Jason Statham-inspired I love that voice. voice. It's really – it's so perfect at, at certain bits, yeah. And I find in during the replay, uh, it, it definitely hammered home my memory of certain moments in the game. So now that I'm playing my Sarah Palin character and she's got the Southern Belle voice just because – if there's one thing that would make Sarah Palin sexier, it would be a southern accent. Southern voice, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but I get to certain points in the in the game, and what they'll do is they'll substitute. Like he calls people mate and stuff like that, yeah. and the southern bell voice calls people sugar or honey. Uh, but but still, there are certain parts where I just uh, that hearing it first with that that Jason Statham esque English accent, it's just so that's how it's cemented in my memory. So it feels a yeah. little weird going through with a different voice at, at times. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I'm the Southern Bell voice. I was the Cockney voice. Uh, no Nolan North voice for you. You're, you've had enough uh, Drake. Um, I love Nolan North. I mean, I know even though he's in a bunch of things, I continue. I mean, he just continues to blow me away. Especially, um, specifically in games where I don't realize it's him. Like in Last of Us, I didn't realize it was him. Um, so I really enjoy him. Same thing with um, it's Troy Baker in there. With Troy Baker, and then also. Um, there is a, a, a voice actress, and I'm going to butcher her name, Sumali Montoyo, I think that's her name, and she does the voice of RC in Transformers Prime. And Transformers Prime is one of my absolute favorite Transformers series. And so I was so excited to do to have my female character be, have the voice of RC. But in this game, she kind of does like an Asian accent. I don't know which – I think it's just supposed to be like a generic kind of Asian. And I didn't want that. I wanted her to sound like RC. So I went back to the same voice that I used for Saints Row 2 and Saints Row 3. So I think, uh, if I may name drop briefly, I think I went to school with her. Sumali, uh, that, that's her, uh, I presume she's married now. But uh, I've met her before, and she was doing some video game voice work really? since being in school. But I used to do theater with her back in uh, really? in Boston. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew I her. I love her. Sumali. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She is, I mean, tra- like I said, Transformers Prime. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Transformers in all of their incarnations. Um, and I just love that cartoon. And I thought her voice work in it was was tremendous. So, wow. That's... It is cool how they do let you... I mean, I, I kind of wish all the voice actors were identified by name. I guess it's kind of a joke that they're going to call out Nolan North. But everybody yes. knows who Troy Baker is. I think Sumali's name should be known. You mentioned Laura. I wish that they'd just flat out given us the voice actors' names for Pete's yeah. sake. Uh, I agree. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, these are our characters. Now, um... I want to ask you about uh, one of the – so I was lucky enough to come into Saints Row 4 having ignored all the marketing uh, for the most part. So did did you – like I didn't know the Matrix conceit even. I just knew that you're the president and aliens invade and everything else – was something I got to discover. Uh, did you manage to come in that naked, or did you know? Well, more? I knew about the Matrix thing because so when Saints, when THQ was still around, they had originally planned this expansion for Saints Row Three called Enter the Dominatrix, and it was supposed to be this um, where you know you got captured and placed into this Matrix environment so that you couldn't fight. Uh, it was supposed to be I don't know if it was an alien or, or another or an AI or something like that. So and then T, even THQ at the time had decided, okay, no, this needs to be um, a full game. So I knew, um, I knew that there was going to be this kind of matrix notion, um, but I didn't really know anything else about it. Um, uh, so in did, fact, 
Go ahead. What, what they're still actually going to do, enter the dominatrix as a uh, an expansion. So I'm not uh, sure how that's going to work. But so you didn't? Did you know about the superpowers then, for instance? No. Well, I knew down. a little. Of, I knew a little bit about it. I mean, you know, I'm not immune to to, to marketing. I, I did see some of it, but I I kind of I don't know for whatever reason this time around. I just didn't really watch anything. I've I've kind of in my old age just not really cared about you know previews and and videos and all that stuff because you know I know for the most part it's you know it's all just fluff. So I didn't really pay too much attention. It was one of those things where it was like Saints Row. You know I'll definitely play it. Um, I have enough faith and volition at this point to where you know I mean I, I don't uh, I don't expect them to screw things up. So so I, I didn't really you know I, I didn't really. Um, look anything up ahead of time for for me it came down to having played saints row 3 and then gone back and watched their trailers that they released and seeing mm-hmm. that they were willing to spoil things like that awesome helicarrier bit and uh, like i didn't i didn't want to be exposed to any of the stuff that they were going to spoil in the pursuit of selling the game yeah like you i knew i was already on board uh, and I did also know that it was originally DLC, and that actually helped to temper my expectations somewhat. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because my concern was, you know, I love Saints Row th- 3, I, I'm a fan of the series, but this just sounds like uh, a, a quick kind of troubled development they're just going to throw mm-hmm. out, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, well, so, well, my concern with that was that, you know, for as much as I love Saints Row 2 and as much as I love Saints Row 3, they're really bad at DLC. I mean, they're... they're you no, know, you're right. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the Saints Row 2 DLC was, was like, I mean, each each pack was literally a half an hour, maybe, maybe 45 minutes. And, and I absolutely hated... Uh, like the Genki Bowl stuff, and 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 I mean, there's some other stuff in Saints Row Three that was good, um, but it just when I had heard, okay, Enter the Dominatrix is like an expansion, I was just like, whatever. If it's twenty bucks, I'll I'll wait and see what the reviews are. So then when I heard they were turning it into a full game, I was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, you know, again, it's Saints Row, so of course I'm gonna I'm gonna play it at some point it's just there's a difference between playing it as soon as it comes out or waiting or whatever right right Um, and then when i was reading the reviews and 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 which i typically don't read reviews i read your reviews um and that's not pandering that's just you know i like your writing so um it you know and everybody for the most part was just saying how it is it, it embraces how crazy and over the top it is and it uses it to such great effect and i was like okay that's what i want you know um, well, let, let's talk about some of the over-the-top to- stuff, because amongst the, uh, I don't know about criticisms, but yeah, I guess criticisms or reservations I've seen some people express uh, are this idea that by giving you these superpowers, by going so completely over the top, that it compromises maybe the, some of the core values in terms of gunplay and driving cars around. I uh, How do you feel about those? Yeah, explain. I disagree 100%. Okay. I okay. think... That I have yet, with the exception of Driver San Francisco, um, and because I, I mean, I know you can consider um, uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted, the most recent one, as like an open world game, but that's a racer, so of course the driving has to be good. And Driver San Francisco, the driving has to be good because it's a, it's a driver game. Mm-hmm. But you know, typically for me, driving is one of the worst parts of any open world game. Um, because there's always some sort of mandatory mission and then just having to get from point A to point B. I mean, you know, like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times in GTA I take a cab, you know, and how many times, like, I mean, <laughs> gosh, in, 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 um, 
oh shoot, sleeping dogs driving was a was was awful. I mean, it was awful. It was all over the place. And so any mission where you had to go from one place to another, it was just like torture. So, you know, once you get the super sprint ability in this game and where you can just run faster than cars and then if something's in your way, you just hold down the jump and jump over it and it's that it's that effortless freedom of jumping from crackdown where it just feels great and then as you upgrade that and you can get into into boosts and gliding it's like i why would i drive like i don't want to drive i mean i mean there's missions where you have to drive and i'm just like ugh, this is ridiculous why am i doing this <laughs> and so i don't and as far as the gunplay goes i mean they're smart well, real quick hold on so about the driving sure. basically your your response is well i didn't want to drive in the first place so it's okay to me that the driving becomes superfluous yeah, I know okay. it's it's that the sprinting is better than driving. Right. It's 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 not just that I don't like driving. It's that I mean typically Petey drives because I'm a terrible driver. I mean <laughs> I, I am awful at driving. So he drives. And also when I drive, he shoots anything that moves. And so we'll get to where we're going and can't do something because we have like a level five wanted level. He just can't stop himself. <laughs> So, um, so he typically drives, um, but also. So, but what you're saying is that you don't. You kind of agree that the driving becomes upstaged by the super movement, but you you feel that that's not a complaint. That's not necessarily a criticism. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, thing. no, I think, okay. and, and I think the sprinting is is so great. I mean, it's just handled so well. And then with the the the, the little whatever the the gold CIDs, the control droids that you can only get when you're sprinting. I mean, they give you a reason to sprint around the city. I mean, outside of just it being a good way to get around and, of course, there being, you know, challenges uh, for, for sprinting a certain number of miles or, well, then, uh, or whatever. But before we transition to talking about the gunplay and what the powers do to the guns, I want to briefly talk about the driving because uh, I, I part of me wants to disagree anytime someone says, oh, the, the superpowers are too much because they upstage the driving. And this is an open world game about a city, and there's so much to do with the cars and keeping them in your garage and upgrading them that the fact that it becomes so superfluous early on is a game design flaw. And your response is, well, that's fine. I didn't like that that part of the game so much anyway. Uh, well, I mean, also, you know, again, this is to me that you can still drive if you want to. You right. can still drive. You can still upgrade. And in fact, they've made it easier than ever to store cars you, because you're in the matrix. You don't have to actually bring your car to a garage. You hit down on the D-pad when you are in a car and that car is in your garage. And, and when so, you call it up, it just appears around and you as it well. It just appears around you. You don't have to wait for someone to drive it up like you did in the last game and then actually get in it. Right, right, right. right. And that works for, for you know air vehicles too. So if you jump in the air and are like, oh, actually, I don't want to do this. I want to f- fly. You just call up your flying vehicle and it appears around you. So, I mean, that stuff is still there um, if, for, if that's what you want to do. For, for me, the analog is the way that a lot of shooters – upgrade the gunplay i feel like saints row 4 very quickly and it does this with the gunplay as well upgrades traversal uh traversal is such a part of you know traditionally you can get a crappy car and then in other neighborhoods you get a nice car and then you get a Mm -hmm. helicopter and then you get an airplane uh and that's part of the upgrade process and traversal in these open world games I, i feel like saints row 4 upgrades you through the early stages very quickly and gets you to these superpowers but like you're saying if i'm in a game where i get better guns a good game will still make me sometimes want to use the pistol 
And I feel yeah. like Saints Row 4, I still sometimes want to drive around. One of the things that I think they've gotten better and better with, because I remember how awful the driving was in Saints Row 2. You know, this yeah, is back when nice. open world games, yeah. And it was it was endemic to open world games. People make a game where you can run around and have shootouts, and they were having a hard time building these meaningful driving physics into it. And boy, Brandon, you make me break out in cold sweats when you break up sleeping dogs, because that almost single-handedly <laughs> set back the cause of driving in open world games. Uh, yes. But one of the things that to me is a real joy in Saints Row 4, and this was in GTA, in the last GTA, by the way, and to a certain degree in Saints Row 3, is the different physics of the different cars, yes. uh, to me, are a real delight to discover. And especially when you upgrade some of the cars, you get your favorite one, and you make it look like you want to make it look, mm -hmm. and you paint oh, yeah. it, and, and then you upgrade, and, and the upgrades are not a, a significant money sink. Nothing really is. If you want to throw all your money at one thing, you can get it as powerful as it's going to be very early in the game. Saints Row 4 is more than happy to let you play that way if you want. So yeah. one of the things you can do is just get the car you like and make it the best vehicle in the game, and whenever you want, roll it out. So even though you can do crazy traversal stuff, with, you can basically fly in this game, you can make that super badass car and whip that out when you want. And I right. feel it's still useful for specifically uh, keeping your homies with you. Yes. Uh, now, they'll teleport with you. It's the Matrix, so the rules are broken. They can teleport with you if you're jumping around and stuff. But to me, there's there's something special and unique, and, and there's a great bit of, of kind of downtime that's still engaging. I'm still enjoying the content. Uh, I'm still enjoying the world they've created. I enjoy listening to the banter amongst the different homies because it's, it's context-sensitive. You can yeah. have at any given time three people in your party. If you just want three generic guys, that's fine. But if you bring along three named characters, they'll trigger different conversations like yeah, in a Bioware game. And exactly. And like yeah, that. the audio diaries for them, exactly. So sometimes to get somewhere, I am more than happy to put Sarah Palin in my badass pickup <laughs> truck that I've made for her with the big old exhaust pipes on the side and have painted it red and white and she's riding in the front seat with Kenzie and Keith David and whatever fourth person I want, whether it's Shondi or Matt Miller or just having Sid tag along they're also with us and I'm just driving where I want to get, letting them run through their little dialogue stuff right. uh, I, I, I still think cars are valuable for that um, yeah well, for so, me, I mean, it, it, you know, and you do still draw. I mean, there's still, you know, quests where you have to go and, and get cars and stuff like that. So I guess, um, I mean, I just really love running fast. <laughs> so, um, so, so, so to be able to just kind of do that, I mean, it really does make you feel like you have superpowers, like to be able to run so quickly. And then when you upgrade it and you get the tornadoes, you get that, that wake behind you. You know, that's like just wrecking everything. I mean, that that's just a great feeling. And um, it comes – I get the sense that the guys at Volition were like, oh, you know what? Prototype and Crackdown, th those are awesome games. Let's yeah. let's borrow that dynamic. You know, we borrowed from GTA right. 4. Let, let's build into our world that, that heady power fantasy from Prototype and Crackdown. Right. Uh, it feels very derivative but not in a bad way. No, uh, no. I mean, the reality is <clears> – <throat> Open world games have been doing collectibles for forever. I mean, there are you know so many different collectibles in GTA Three and all that stuff. So I mean, it, it, it's it's just a it's a collectible. It's just it's a collectible that you know kind of gives you a tangible benefit and not just uh you know what not just an achievement or I mean there I, I got nothing for um I got nothing for um 
killing pigeons in GTA 4, but I killed them all. I got nothing for doing stunt jumps, but I did them all. You got an you know? achievement. Didn't you get an right. achievement? I did, I did. But, you know, but this way it's like, okay, yeah, there's there's collectibles, but you, you get something. You get money, right. you get better, that type of thing. So, um <clears throat> Well, and they're so willing to let you grind. You know, if you just want to grind those orbs and max out your powers as you get them, you you can do that. Uh, it's just like with the car. If you want to make a particular car the best car it can be in the game, <laughs> you can easily do that. And if you want to push these superpowers by collecting all of those orbs, yep. it, besides, it's kind of hard not to. Oh, no. It's just, I mean, you're, you know, there's a reason why crackdown i think was as successful as it was and it's because just jumping around felt good getting orbs felt good so um you know it's the same thing here and and i i mean you know is it derivative i yeah i guess but i think this whole i don't know it, it seems like something like 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 crackdown orbs has just become part of kind of the, the common language at this point to where it's not really cribbing off of a game you know what i mean it's 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 just it's become uh, you know popular enough now to where you know it could just be a mechanic that you decide to have in your game just like like for example you know um you know hiding behind cover to regenerate health you know i mean you no longer would be like oh well that's just like whatever game <laughs> did that first yeah i can't even remember what it was it's like yeah it's like reloading a gun oh god that's from that uh lucasarts <laughs> western what was it right, western exactly. shooter oh exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah uh right there are certain things that become the language of video games and once a video game uses it, it it's not an accusation of, of creative bankruptcy so much right. as implementing what works yeah and when you're on top of a high point and you see all those blue dots out in the city you just want to run out there and grab them because you know there's a tangible return there's a feedback loop as it's pushing you up that power curve for every blue orb you get yeah absolutely uh, so let, let's then talk about those powers because again another criticism might be traditionally saints row has been uh one of its strengths has been awesome gunplay um now that you've got all these superpowers the guns are kind of minimized how would you respond if someone came up and said that to you, Brady? I would disagree with that as well because mm -hmm. the alien weapons that you get are just really a joy to use. You know, between the inflato ray that you know like inflates guys until they explode, you've got a disintegrator ray, and and these things are all kind of judiciously used in that they all have some kind of charge up, you know, or cool down period to them. So you, you can't just like be popping off kind of alien RPG rounds whenever you want to. I mean, you have to like, like, you know, I am a big achievement type person. And so I'm constantly like, okay, like if I'm going to grind this thing out, I have to know, okay, this weapon needs to charge. This weapon needs to charge. And the same thing with your powers. Like when you first get your powers, I mean, they need to charge up. So you, you're not just flinging firebolts willy nilly. Um, what they do is they just add a rink, another kind of uh, tool in your, your toolbox to how do you want to, how do you want to take guys out? Okay, a warden just showed up. Am I gonna am I gonna fire blast them to get his shield off? Am I gonna pick up a car and throw it at him? Um, am I gonna am I gonna do a ground stop? I mean things like that. And and because the it you have to collect orbs and stuff to upgrade your powers to minimize these charge times. You know you, you could you know if you if you're not a somebody who likes to collect things, if you just want to do the story, yeah, you'll have the powers. But I mean you still have to switch to guns because the powers need to recharge and then the guns are fun i mean it's you know it's the same thing as before where you you know you can kind of get if you want to spend enough money you can still get like explosive ammo or or um 
what do you call it, acidic ammo, things like that. So I think the superpowers complement the guns and the new alien weaponry complement the stuff that's already there. And again, it's if you don't want to use it, you don't have to, although I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, it's, you know, stomp, you know, doing that kind of Iron Man, you know, or Hulk foot stomp and, and, and knocking guys for a loop. I mean, that's that's fun, you know. Freezing guys and then and then shattering them. That's you know that's a good that's a good time and it's also effective. What uh, listening to you talk and explain it that way, Brandon, it, it made me think. Uh, what it reminds me of, and I, I don't even really think I thought of it in these terms before. Uh, when Irrational made Bioshock, it was clearly around one hand is plasmids, another hand is yes. conventional weapons. It's that same kind of thing in that. You have the superpowers, and then you have the conventional weapons, and they each have separate upgrade tracks mm-hmm. and upgrade right. resources. You're always, when you're playing, making money and getting orbs. You know, there's right. kind of, unless you're just willfully ignoring those orbs, in which case, man, your self-control is awesome. Yeah, you're going right. to have orbs to spend, and you're going to have money to spend, and you're going to have experience points that, do the experience points gate the superpower upgrades. Yeah, they, just, they to to a degree they do. Yeah, like so your level. So, yeah, and your your level like, kind of gates when you get things right when you can buy things. Well, yeah, like story. It's a combination of story missions, kind of loyalty missions, and then and then levels. So you'll right. get some upgrades by doing certain missions. You'll get other ones just by hitting a certain level. But the, but as you're playing, you're you're getting these resources. You're unlocking gates that let you buy better stuff, and you're going to spend them sort of equally. Like you're going to be investing in the superpowers as well as the guns. Uh, right. And I also love one of the things that you mentioned, like the acid rounds and the electricity rounds. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the, I think the alien assault rifle, it's uber upgrade. Most of the weapons have an uber upgrade. Basically says, you know what, this never has any cooldown. Just shoot it as much as you yeah. want. Uh, I love how how much personality they can put in a weapon by giving it some sort of an uber upgrade that yep. breaks a rule. Uh, somehow, yes. uh, and and furthermore, uh, I, I, this the first time I played through. I don't think I discovered this till late in the game. They've given you cosmetic choices for each weapon. Yeah. It doesn't just affect how the weapon looks, but also how it sounds and kind of mm-hmm. feels in a way. Yeah. Uh, and it would be so like it, that's almost hidden. Like if if you yeah. don't care, if you just think the cosmetic stuff is oh, what color is my gun going to be? You're never going to click on that, and you're never going to realize that your shotgun can be like a blunderbuss, or yeah. it can be a hunting gun, or it can be mm-hmm. this crazy like ion spitting thing, or it can have a silencer like Shiger's gun in No Country for Old Men. They they put so much personality into the cosmetics for each of the guns as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so what what's going to happen kind of with the vehicles is. Whether for gameplay reasons or cosmetic reasons, you're probably going to get attached and invested in, in one or more of these guns. Uh, yeah, like I have a pair of twin pink polka dot SMGs, and yes. yes, those are my go-to weapons. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. I mean, like when I was looking through the customization for some of these, I was like, oh, I'm uh, I, okay, so I'll have to pay money to make th- this shotgun look like this. And it's like, no, that's just it's it's just like making it a different color, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they definitely know how to hook you. So so I I'm with you 100 percent, Brandon. When people say uh, the superpowers are too much, they minimize the gunplay. For for me, just like with the vehicles, I, I kind of feel that they ultimately complement it more than they minimize it, anything. Yeah. And yeah. it's just it's so completely over the top now. The amount of destruction <laughs> and chaos that that you're bringing about with the superpowers, with the guns, yeah, uh, it's just insane. Like I. 
Same Especially for- if you get if you get like the super powered homies and you've got three people or four people, you know, including yourself, popping it- off powers. My lord, it's just chaos. But it's it's just it's well orchestrated chaos. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, and I've always felt that one of the tenets of good game design is to introduce a rule and then break it. And and yeah. and the basis for that, like the the basic expression of this is in the Mario Brothers game. Mario can only jump so far. And you're playing mm-hmm. along, he can only jump so far. Uh, he can't make that jump. However, you feed him a mushroom, now he can jump even farther. And it, right. it's a simple way that's, that's introducing a rule, getting the player used to it, and then breaking it. Breaking rules is good game design. And Volition, and they especially did this, I think, with uh, Red Faction Guerrilla, is so mm-hmm. good at, at letting you break the conventional rules of open-world games. Um, yes. So with the superpowers, uh, with the the new movement abilities, all the traversal stuff, I, I feel this is one of the ultimate expressions of that tenet: is you yeah. introduce a rule and then you break it. There's constantly some rule being broken, or there's some gameplay dynamic that they're just shattering in, in Saints Row Four. Uh, right. Fantastic. Like, like a perfect example of that is, so you'll get to a point in the game where basically. Kinsey gives you a mission that says, look, the, the simulation's gone crazy. You're just kind of constantly going to get attacked um, as long as you, until you do this mission. You're going to constantly get attacked. Now, up until that point, if you stop to do an activity like insurance fraud, well, basically kind of things stop. <laughs> like if you had been in a fight before, the fight will stop and you'll just do insurance fraud. It's not like that. When you're being, I was doing insurance fraud this morning and there's gang members rolling up trying to kill me as I'm bouncing around the cars. And so, you know, it's the same kind of thing where they're they're saying, look, you, you when we said they're going to keep attacking you, they're going to keep attacking you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I was trying to buy weapons, and because I kept getting shot, it wouldn't let me. It was like, no, they're going to keep attacking. Like all the rules revolving around when we would stop, they're gone until you do this thing. And I think that's great. Unfortunately, I, I wish that they'd push that a little further because once you do the mission, it's gone. And I remember, was it Saints Row 2 or 3? You would capture a territory uh, mm-hmm. and that occasionally the gangs – okay, and then the gangs would take it back and you would have to go fight. There was this sense that the yeah, world but you was know pushing what? back. Yeah? There was no – there really was no penalty to not taking them back. Right, but you weren't going to let them take your territory. It was like a matter of pride. Uh, yeah, the f- come on! You would let them run amok in your territory. Uh, well, in the third run through, yeah. <laughs> the third time I play the game, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I also seem to recall, wasn't in Crackdown? One of the things is that when you finished Crackdown, you had seized all of the territories. And I, I seem to recall to the DLC they added something where you could then revert the territories to enemy control. But That's, there was this um, tricky idea that that as you're beating the game and securing territories, they become less interesting. Far Cry three three dealt with this as well. Yeah, and Far Cry uh, three added the option of being able to reset the outposts. Ah, uh, good. They good. added that as a patch. So, you right. know, if you if you didn't, you know, do everything you wanted to, you could reset the outposts. Well, I was kind of bummed that St. Row 4 actually meant it when they said, hey, once you do this mission, guys aren't going to attack you randomly. Well, <laughs> you know, they, I, they, were, well, they, they still do, though, if you're not – like if you're in an enemy-controlled hood, they still they still right. do, right? It's right. just that they're not – it's not constant. Right. Uh, let me give you another criticism, Brandon, see what you think of this. So right now, when you look at the map, there are all these activities everywhere, and that's a tenant of Saints Row. Previously, you could do the activities, and you would 
conquer territory. And you can play that this way as well if you want. You're just like, okay, that area is now purple. I'm going to do that activity. It colors the area purple. Now I've got homies there that I can just whistle and they'll join me on the street. Um, so in addition to the story missions, there are side missions. And a lot of the side missions are a particular character saying, hey, I'm just going to give you a list of these side activities. Go do them for me, and mm-hmm. then I'll give you some upgrade or maybe money or a costume or whatever. So what, what you end up doing for a lot of your side missions are the activities that you would have done anyway. Uh, is that cheap, or do you, do you like the way that they do that? Um, I actually I think that's valid. I think that um, you know when you when you because for somebody like me who's going to do them anyway, when I saw all these kind of side missions. Now, granted, they're not all this way. They they do have loyalty missions that are separate from these kind of list of activities. So there is and they have a lot of story beats to them. Like I yeah, I, I, have a, I, I yeah. hate to think that somebody wouldn't do a loyalty mission because they think oh I'm just going to have to do this race and hack this store and then do this vehicle capture loyalty yeah. mission. Nothing like that. Right. Um, so I think that's valid because I was kind of disappointed to go, wait a minute, that's just me doing activities I was going to do anyway. Um, so I, I think that's valid, but, um, but I mean, I can kind of understand, like, I mean, Saints Row, uh, two, I don't remember if three did as well, kind of had this note, the same thing. Saints Row two was like, okay, well, in order to get to the next story mission, you have to gain respect. And the way you gain respect is by either Ah. doing cool things like, you know, car surfing or whatever streaking or you can do these activities so saints row 2 you know kind of had this notion that yeah these things are optional but not as optional as you might think i mean you certainly didn't have to do all of them but you did have to do them uh, do some of them in order to get to the next story mission so um there's some history there to to account for it but um it was a little dis- it was disappointing to me to see that this stuff, you know, I was just going to, you know, I was going to do it anyway. And, and what it did is it made me go, well, all right, I'm not going to do it then because I'd rather <laughs> just wait. Well, because certain, so I mean, not all the activities are fun. So it's like, well, why am I going to, you know, do this activity that I'm not really thrilled with if I'm just going to end up having to do it again anyway? I'll tell you why. Uh, because part what they've done here is it's not just arranging them for the characters and oh i like kenzie so i'm going to do these four things she wants me to do that i would have done anyway what they're doing is they're grouping uh collections of activities because for the most part like kenzie has you hack stores to unlock travel points and that's sort of a geographical progression but a lot of the other ones what they're doing is they're assembling a group of side activities and then making those the key to unlock an um, upgraded activity or item. For instance, yeah. an early one is to get the dubstep gun from, from yeah. Keith David. And that dubstep gun is awesome. Uh, I, I'm guessing, Brandon, <laughs> you're the type of guy who already liked dubstep. I yeah, am not. No, not so I, much. Well, I am now because I, I, was, I love the sound of that dubstep gun. Um, but the thing is, doing those four random missions for Keith David, they get me the dubstep gun. Uh, so if I want that, here's four random missions. I'm not just going to go do all the injury thing, all the insurance fraud activities or all the races. I've got a little incentive to do them in preset groups. For instance, yeah. right now on my second playthrough, and, and one of the reasons I'm loving my second playthrough is I skipped through a lot of this in my first playthrough to get through the story for the review. So on my second playthrough, I'm at the point now where Matt Miller wants me to do, you know, five <laughs> whatever random activities and yeah. I don't like Matt Miller. I can't stand that guy, but oh, really? the reason I want to do these five activities are because he's then going to give me the mind control telepathy upgrade. Yeah. 
So I'm not doing – I don't necessarily care about the activities. I'm doing these five things not just to grab territory, not just to be a completionist painting the map purple, but because I want to see what that mind control uh, right. t- telekinesis yeah. ray does. Um, so I just feel like it's a it's an additional layer of reward that they're that they're putting on the map. Well, um, they definitely make it worth your while, and I yeah, and I agree with you there. I guess it's more, um, <clears throat> you know, I tend to be. <clears throat> this is the first game that I haven't been actually. I tend to be a little more anal about things. I tend to be like, okay, I'm on this section of them. Like I'm like what you said. I'm going to paint the map purple, and yep. so th- this kind of makes me change how I play because I don't see the point of doing that, knowing that I'm going to do these things. I don't have a problem with actually doing the activities. Well, do you know, Um, Brandon, if you actually just, because I've run into this a few times, because one of the things I wanted to do early on was around that first gate is just get a swath of purple territory where I could quickly fill up my homies um, Mm -hmm. and just have, you know, just whistle to bring along three random guys. Uh, I would then find that when a character said, hey, do this for me, several of them have already been crossed off. And there are even oh, instances yeah. where I it says, hey, talk to Keith David on the ship. And I talk to him, and he's like, hey, go do this for me. And then it immediately triggers, because I did all those activities, talk to Keith David to get your reward. Right. Um, so if you go ahead and do them in advance, you'll still get credit for them. It's not like you're going to have to do them again. Yeah, that's um, true. So... Uh-huh. Uh, uh, let, let's talk a bit about some of the uh, the story stuff. So uh, I, I'm convinced that the Saints Row games are, are well worth playing for story, for writing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think Saints Row 2, I mean, the way that they went between serious stuff and, and kind of crazy stuff was was fantastic. I thought that the weight of some of those story missions and some of the responsibility that you, you felt because of your actions and, and how it affected people was, was fantastic. Um, I still remember the whole cutscene with, you know, Johnny Gat in the cemetery, you know, when he's just like beating the piss out of this guy against the tombstones because of um, was it Aisha? Was that her name? Uh, because of her death, and and I just thought that was extremely well done. And I I don't think it was as well done in three. Um, I think the whole thing with the syndicate and and all that stuff wasn't as good as kind of gaining control of your city in in uh, in two. But yeah, they've always done a really good job, and I think this game is is great. I think the combination of stuff that's there, like if you've played these games from the beginning, the amount of content and stuff that's there for you to kind of look back on and remember. Oh yeah, I remember those guys, and I remember this. You know, I remember this gang, and I remember you know that situation and this person and that person. I think is is fantastic. Um, and then even like like for example, you said you don't like Matt Miller. I thought his. Um, loyalty mission was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's so many things that this game makes fun of, but does it in such a great way. Like it makes fun of just kind of video games, and it reminds me of um, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep mm-hmm. in terms of how like self-referential it is, but it's not like pandering. It's not like doing it just to be cool. It's not the ironic T-shirt. It's actually like saying it's kind of 
poking fun at itself and taking apart these things that we've come to expect from video games, but at the same time asking you, like, why are we doing this? Like, there's a mission that is making fun of Metal Gear Solid and Splinter Cell, and 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 the one woman says, okay, shoot out the two light bulbs. And, and, and your character says, why would I waste two bullets on the light bulbs when I could just put one in the guard? And it's and it makes you kind of stop and go, oh, yeah, that is stupid. You know, like, to kind of question why do we do these things, but at the same time, it's all in fun. And I love that stuff. And this is the first time. I mean, they've always kind of been irreverent, I guess. But this is the first time where they're really just kind of going, yeah, a lot of this stuff is silly, and we're going to recognize that and and still have fun with it. And even at arguably at times at their own expense, like the stuff about oh, yeah. the two Shondies. Uh, oh, I, I love that. And it's yeah, it is hilarious how you know you know they they really did this weird character change with Shondi and I don't know if it was yes. market driven or whatever but they totally called themselves out for that yeah. uh and and I love how meta they are about it too yep. uh you just get the sense that here's here's some really smart guys who love video games who who understand how ridiculous they can be and who aren't above you know, even making fun of what they've done in the past. Uh, and I think any time you have a franchise that has has you know have as had as many games, I think it's it's just it's really good to be able to reference that stuff. And yeah. and I mean, like when you think of like Splinter Cell, maybe there'll be stuff from from the last game, but I mean, they're not going to call stuff from the original, or they're not going to call stuff from two games ago. You know, in this game, if you've played it, it's like it's it's almost like a reward to say, yeah, we we loved those games too. Like we didn't just make them, but we loved them, and so we want we kind of want to um, we want to celebrate them, and that's really what this game feels like. Is it feels like a celebration of the franchise, and I mean, you you have to assume. And they've said that, you know, this is kind of the last, like, Saints Row will continue, but it's not going to be, you're not going to, like, in Saints Row 5, you know, still be the same person, you know, I mean, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll come up with something different. And so this is just a really great way to kind of, kind of end that, so to speak, um, but still, like, recognize what people loved about it in the first place. They, they do kind of paint themselves in a corner by blowing up the earth. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I love that. When he's like, that's a St. Louis area code. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Oleg. I couldn't believe yeah. we lost Oleg. Uh, <laughs> there, there probably wasn't a space uh, suit big enough for him anyway. <laughs> uh, so let's see. I Part of me, I, you're in for some really fun stuff at the end, which uh, I wish I could be there for. But uh, I, yeah, you'll, I, you'll have a, a, once the when you see what they do with the story. Uh, does the line, you know, I don't even want to say anything. Uh, suffice to say, you've still got some awesome stuff in front of you. Okay. Uh, oh, and I love uh, the other thing is is the make is like how they make fun of like Mass Effect, where like you, you're supposed to. Oh, those romances are awesome, aren't but they? But it's yeah. like it's not this. I mean, like you know, Bioware. It's like they want you to have a an emotional connection. It's like. It's like nobody wants an emotional. We were talking about this work. I'm like nobody wants an emotional connection with Miranda. You wanna? You're trying to see Miranda's boobs. You're, you're trying to see. Like you're going. How the hell would Garrett? I mean, would uh, Garrus have sex anyway? Like that's why you're doing this thing. You're not doing it because you're like I am in love. You know, with Miranda, you just want to see some some blue boobs. And in this game, they know that, and that's why it's not this long, convoluted process. You just walk up to them and say, "Hey, Kenzie, want to fuck?" <laughs> and, 
then you are. And you don't even see it. And that's the thing is it's not like they're using it as an excuse to show you digital naughty bits. You don't even see it. A little music plays. And then so in some cases, it's, you know, like with uh, Ben King, I mean, it ends up being a little different than what you had expected. So, you know, they just totally, you know, I, I just I love that. I love the way they handled that. Yeah, they, they clearly have played their their Mass Effect, and there, there's there's more great Mass Effect riffs uh, coming uh, later oh, in the okay. game as well. Is there like yeah. a five minute long elevator ride? <laughs> Actually, you know, oh, I'm thinking of there might be an elevator gag. I might be mistaking it for another game. Uh, so, and and certainly just the the idea of the 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 ship, you know, this idea that there's a real world and that there's the virtual world, and when you step out of the virtual world, you're playing by by different rules, uh, mm-hmm. they, they they push that. I'm a little disappointed they didn't push it more. I kind of wanted to, uh, after being able to jump around the city, I know that the conventional gameplay wisdom, game design wisdom, is that you don't take away stuff from a player. But after jumping around the city and blowing things up so easily, I kind of wanted to be dropped back in there having to use some of the steps that you walk up to <laughs> and some of the catwalks. Uh, I, I kind of wished that I'd had more limitations imposed on me in the city at, at times. Um, yeah. And here's well, actually... They, they, do, they, they do that, though, a little bit. In some of the simulations, like some of the loyalty missions, you kind of right. jump into simulations. You've only where... got a certain gun, or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you can't yeah. use your superpowers, and, and you can't use guns during the superpower fight club stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things that uh, I... I I guess my major objection with the game, and I think this is very much uh, a Tom Chick uh, idiosyncrasy, um, I really wish that they had made it, that they had given you some return for the difficulty levels. Right now you play on casual, normal, or, or I think expert, or whatever the hard one is. There's three difficulty levels. At any time you want, you can go in and change a difficulty level. When I see that, I immediately think, okay, well, is there is there some in-game reason to do that? Okay, then there must be an achievement or something. And for as a point of pride, if there's an achievement to play on hard, I would have loved to have gone through this game again on hard and to have really been forced to make some tough tactical choices, to maybe focus on certain weapons or superpowers, to maybe have to think differently for different encounters. But there is no reason, there's no in-game or extra-game incentive to not play it entirely on casual. And I Uh, am... Perfectly fine with that. I, to wow. me, I, I look at this like Red Faction Guerrilla. Red Faction Guerrilla, when you switch to casual, that game became so much more fun knowing that you could get in a dump truck and run it into a building without getting shot to hell. Like, I, I, I you know, I understand that some people like a challenge. I am not one of those people. <laughs> and you know what? So that's fine. So you, maybe there should be an achievement in there that you can't have, Brandon, because. No. No. You're not you're you're so constant you're so focused on fun that you don't care about making it a tactical sandbox with meaningful choices. That's fine. Knock yourself out. Some of us want to make want to challenge ourselves and we want some recognition for that challenge because by golly, let me tell you something. If I have to like do one of the boss fights, like one of the early fights against a warden or something, mm. and I fail three times in a row, there, if there's nothing stopping me from dialing it down to casual just to get past that, I'm going to do it. Yeah, and I'm going to f- feel cheap because I want some. I wanted. I, I would almost. It's a strong enough game that I would like to be forced to soldier through on hard, and I would like some recognition that I did that. Damn it. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I look at that like I look at some of the, the GTA achievements where they're like, you know, get gold, and I'm like, screw that. I, Wait a minute, you killed 120 <laughs> pigeons in GTA. What, what, what are you talking about? Well, I, I, I stopped playing by the when the when the when the, the DLC or whatever it was that came out that had like this concept of of gold missions. I didn't play that, so. I was so like, yes, so you'll, you'll track down pigeons, but if it comes to the game being a tactical challenge, you want no part of it. I, I have played games on hard. I mean, I've played plenty, <laughs> plenty of games on hard. You know, not necessarily. You know, in some cases because there was an achievement, in some cases just because I wanted the challenge. But yeah, for the most part, I, I play on easy. Well, for guys like me, I wish that they would somehow acknowledge that their game is strong enough to reward people for soldiering through on hard. Because uh, right now, all I've got to show for it is. Saying I did it, and actually, you know what? I didn't. I'm my second playthrough, I'm putting it on normal, and just I just refuse to go down to casual for whatever reason. Partly because I want to draw it out in a way. I mean, it's already yeah. a plenty long game, but what Saints Row the the role that Saints Row Four <laughs> occupies for me right now is this kind of power fantasy comfort food that yeah. I can just jump into. And I'm, it's another reason I appreciate how some of the activities are grouped uh, under quests for specific characters. I can just jump in and do what Keith David tells me to do. Do these four right. activities, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever, and I'm out, and I've had my daily fix of Saints Row 4. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's filling that. It's, it's serving that role. It's so, funny because when we started playing, I said to Petey, we play this on casual, right? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, good it was, lord! It's just not an option. So it's like it's also for you guys. It's like comfort food without any fiber. It's basically just like soft ice cream. Well, I look at the Saints Row. I mean, I know that the you know fun is an F word, um, but I look at it as I mean, especially now where you've got the superpowers and everything, that it's like you know you the part of being part of feeling powerful is is you know kind of knowing that i mean things still provide a challenge but i mean i really don't want to have to worry about like when i'm sitting here and just causing as much mayhem and destruction as possible i don't really want to have to worry about dying like i just you know i i just want to have tear fun things up yeah i just want yeah exactly so <laughs> so i don't yeah i don't care i mean i've like i said i've played plenty of games on hard for I mean, I did you know Gears of War, the original Gears of War on Insane. That was not a walk. Of, that was not a walk in the park. The pumping station by myself on Insane. Holy crap, that was awful. But I did it, and I felt pretty good about myself when I was done. But by the way, know, why did you do it? Why? Uh, why did I do it? Because yeah. my my friend Joel and I were playing, and he yeah. just was like, "Let's do this on Insane." And I was, why? I was like, "Okay." But, but what did you get for it? Well, I got an achievement out of it. I, I rest my case, by the way. I rest no, 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 my but case. that wasn't the reason why we did it. He just but you got an on. achievement for it. It might not have been the reason, but at least yeah. you were recognized. At least there is – I can go online and look up your Xbox profile right now and see, oh, Brandon got that achievement. Like aren't you d – didn't that help you want to finish on Insane? Um. Uh, uh, that's all I'm asking is that I want that in Saints Row 4. Yeah. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. I'm fine. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I can understand so. that. I think I think Gears of War was a I think Gears of War was a better game on Insane, to be perfectly honest. But that's that's the thing though, is I, I kinda disagree because <laughs> I do feel like like Saints Row 4 is such a generous, many splendored, multifaceted tactical sandbox when mm -hmm. it comes to what tools am I, am I going to use for these encounters what how am I going to approach these specific challenges I, I agree that there, there's a lot of great gameplay in the Gears of War games uh, and a lot of great interplays with the different tools and the challenges but I feel like Saints Row 4 is is equally as rich 
Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just talking about the original Gears of War, not not two and three. Oh, before it even got better, right? Right. Well, three on insane. I don't know. You would have to have some sort of mental, uh, <laughs> some sort of self-loathing to try three on insane. I just I don't know how that would have worked. There was uh, it's some... called being it's called being a 13 year old who's, who's not playing any other games because it's the only one his mom got him. I guess <laughs> I that, that was that, that was crazy. But anyway, uh, yeah, so no, you... I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, I can understand wanting the the recognition that hey, if I want to try this thing, then uh, so if I start show that I did it, if I start an online petition, will you sign it? For you, sure. Awesome. That's all I ask. All right, it's two names already. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I want to hear about you and PD playing, but before I do, I want to tell you about my multiplayer experiences. Uh, like the previous game, this is very open to to co op. You can play. I'm pretty sure all the missions cooperatively. Like you're yeah. never going to reach a point where it says, "Oh, your your buddy's got to go do his own thing." You've now got to do a single player thing. Everything right. is open to having your buddy with you. Uh, and in fact, there are some challenges in the game that you can only play cooperatively, and some some challenges that are much much easier in co-op. Well, you guys are playing on casual anyway, so what well, you- no. But I think like insur- anything like insurance fraud, where there's like a dollar threshold or mayhem, ah, or things yes. like that. You know, it's definitely better to have another person kind of add into the to the kitty, so to speak. Does it change the requirement? Like, do you? Still- uh, it does a little bit, but it's not like I don't believe it's linear. Okay. Um, well, uh, so what what you can do is you can join your friends' games, and a lot of times I don't know what's going on. I've been playing on Steam. I'll see my friends playing. I'll join, and I hang at a little dialogue box that says so and so is is uh, you know wait for so and so to let you into his game. And mm-hmm. I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and I don't know if they don't like me or if they're away from their game, and they're just letting their little cash thing build up. Uh, but nobody is letting me into their game because <laughs> jerks. So, That's and funny. you, Brandon, you're playing on your freaking Xbox. I've got a PC version, whatever. But one of the things you can do is then open it to the public. So oh gosh, that's, that's what would that be like? <laughs> well, I can tell you exactly what that's like. You open it to the public, and you're playing, and you're doing your thing, and you'll get a dialogue box that says, hey, so-and-so wants to join you, and it's some do- dopey name that you you know you don't know who it is. Like Mission Mickey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, that kind of thing, except I would know who that is. Uh, it's that kind of thing, and so you let them in your game. So a lot of times I'll do that, and I'll let someone in my game, and they don't show up. I don't know if they've oh. left, if they've gotten a better offer. <laughs> It's, it kind of hurts my feelings because I was going to let them in and they didn't even want in. So I wish I remembered the guy's name. But at one point, I let someone in and uh, he showed up on my little HUD. I could see his little purple indicator. And to my horror, I immediately heard over the voice chat, what's up? <laughs> like that, oh, guy. And I was like, oh, God, he's going to talk to me. Uh, so I normally figure at that point, if I don't talk back, I don't even have a mic hooked up for my PC normally. Uh-huh. If I don't talk back, he's going to leave me alone. He's going to shut up. The problem with this guy is he had his mic fully open. And oh, so gosh. I could hear his TV in the background. Uh, at first, I thought it was just the game noise. But no, it's definitely he's watching TV or something while he's playing Saints Row 4. And I'm listening to his TV. And then furthermore, he starts yelling at his mom, like at his family. He's talking to his family in the other room, full voice into the mic. And then at one point, he has the nerve to say to me, because I'm not talking, after I said, after he said, what's up, and I didn't say anything, after having his open mic, he has the nerve to tell me over voice chat, uh, hey, dude, if you press V, you can talk. Like, <laughs> he's explaining to me how to press the button to talk, even though he's got the full open mic. That's um, funny. So I, I, I'm playing with this guy, and you have this weird thing when you play with a stranger where you finally find each other, 
And in a game where there's so much customization, there's that awkward moment where you're standing there looking at each other's character models. Right. So I come up with my Sarah Palin. He's some chick in a tube top and some cool black outfit with one of the alien guns, whatever. She looks pretty nondescript. Um, and he says over the, the voice chat, he says, oh, I like your girls. She's from the first game, right? And she's clearly not from the first game. It's a Sarah Palin that I downloaded. I went online. I typed the word Palin into the search box. It was the first return. Somebody clearly made a Sarah Palin with her hair up with a red power outfit, the glasses. It's clearly Sarah Palin. So I I shift-tabbed into Steam, and I wrote, it's Sarah Palin. And he apparently wasn't looking at his Steam chat, but I, I don't even think he ever saw that because he thought I was some girl from the first one. So we're still playing. I'm doing an event. And then he's he's explaining things to me as we're playing, like, hey, if you do the, the Keith David missions, you get unlimited sprinting because he's seeing me run out of breath or whatever. Uh-huh. He's explaining stuff to me, and I wanted to tell him, dude, I've already played. This is my second playthrough. I know more than right. you. Uh, and he's also explaining to me about the upgrades that he's got. And at one point, we were doing a mission. And he says, oh, I have a nuke I, I can use. And I haven't unlocked that yet. So, And then he starts yelling at his mom about where to look for some piece of paper that she wants. So I finally did the little shift tab. And was like, dude, your mic is killing me. Thanks for the game. I, I got to go. And I bailed on him. So that was my experience with co-op. Um, oh, wow. That's I imagine it's much smoother when you're playing with Petey, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we his his kids are uh, his girls are a lot older than my kids, so occasionally, you know, my my son or daughter will pop in. But you know, I, I, I they they know that this isn't a game that they can watch, so it, we're we're relatively uh, distraction free. So really, the only you know kind of the only disconnect has been you know we we at first started and we're like, all right, well, we'll kind of stay synced. Uh, but then it got to the point where you know uh, our schedules being different. I you know I was just like, dude, just well, let's just each do our own thing, and then when we hook up, we'll kind of go figure out. All right, if I'm further behind, we'll jump into my game. If you're further behind, we'll jump into yours. And that's kind of what we've been doing. So you know, the only the only problem is like you know. In his game, he had unlocked certain things that because they weren't unlocked in my game yet, he couldn't use them. But, like his, uh, but we, his superpowers, you mean? Yeah, there was. I forget exactly what it was, but there there was something where he tried to use something he had, and because he didn't, um, we hadn't gotten that far in my game, he couldn't. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, and that was, and then, and then, I mean, we were like two story missions away, so we, we caught up with those. Uh, fairly quickly, so um, uh, yeah. I did with my with my chatty Kathy buddy. Uh, we did one of the cat and mouse things, which used to be uh, you could just trigger that at any time and have. I think one person would be in a helicopter and the other person yeah. be in a car trying to outrace them. So there are specific. Uh, I think some of them are head to head. Some of them are cat and mouse. There are specific co op missions, right? Yeah, the uh, co-op diversions, I think they call Diver- them. And, but there are icons for them, though, like yeah. on the, their activities. Have you, have you guys done many of those? We did a cat and mouse one. That was it. And that was enough to go, yeah, let's not do that anymore. Because <laughs> I, I did that with my buddy and couldn't figure out. Like, I'm on a tri- one of those little ATV things, and I'm trying to get away and go through points. And then I couldn't tell if he hit me, but at one point I died. And then I was in a monster truck, and I was trying to chase him down. And it looked like he killed himself without me ever catching him. And then it was the same kind of thing as you and Petey. I sort of felt like, well, I've seen enough of this. I'll yeah. do it with friends, but I don't want to do it with this other guy explaining to me that he's got a nuke and, and how I can get unlimited sprint. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, in the old games, it was like if you hit down on the D-pad, it would launch one. Or you could just walk up to like – you could shoot. You could turn like friendly fire on 
and then you could shoot your buddy, and it would say, "Hey, do you want to?" You know, just like in Borderlands, how in Borderlands you can kind of initiate a duel, right? Uh, right. If you, if you like smack the other dude. Um, uh, when you're playing in his world or he's playing in your world, I presume you're also keeping whatever money and XP and orbs you find. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what's great is that if 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 your co-op partner finds an orb in your world, it goes towards your account. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't know that I want some some guy sneaking my orbs. I want to grab those. Yeah, you know what? Well, no, it, I'm okay. I'm okay with it'll that. It'll tell you. It'll say, "Oh, he found a co- he found something you missed." And so it's kind of a little jab like, you know, what the hell are you doing, man? He's finding <laughs> shit here. You know, you got to you got to get on the ball. <laughs> but I know I guess you could theoretically hook up with someone and go off to separate parts of the city and harvest orbs for each other, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, now, granted, like if if they've gotten to the point where they've you know they've unlocked you know audio logs or whatever, and you haven't, I mean they can't find those. It's tied right. to your progression. So right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean if you if you wanted to, um, yeah, do that, you can. Right. All right. So uh, maybe not best game of all time, simply because we don't want to go out on a limb. And also, you haven't finished it. You know, you might, Brandon, no. by the time it's over, you might think ah, it's not very good after all. Like maybe the <laughs> ending will ruin it for you. Uh, it's possible. I've, I've certainly, um, you know, I, I, I liked Bioshock. Uh, wait, no, was it? Infinite? No, it was. What game was it that I played in? Oh, Dragon Age, uh, the second Dragon Age. I liked that game perfectly fine until it ended, and then I, I hated it with a fiery intensity. You didn't like getting to call in the different armies to. Oh wait, Dragon Age two or one? Dragon Age two. Yeah, uh, yeah, fair enough. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, so what that, that would, could happen? What would have to happen in Saints Row 4 for you to decide, eh, you know what, I hate this game? Hate it? Nothing. Yeah. Come on, come on. Um, I don't know. What uh, if they bolted into the end of it, the end of Dragon Age 2? <laughs> no, here's what they would do. A mandatory uh, eight-minute road race. There you go. <laughs> There's no superpowers. <laughs> just driving. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, there we go. That's our uh, Saints Row 4 podcast. Everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, what do you have coming up? So obviously finishing Saints Row 4, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about this, and, and I was talking about how, you know, I, I haven't really been paying attention. I would like to play Splinter Cell. Um, I've played all of them, so I would like to play that. Um, you know, I'll play GTA 5, but I think... Um, going, you know, right from from Saints Row Four into GTA Five is probably not the smartest move. It's kind of uh, like that itch is is pretty well scratched at this point, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, and also, you know, what you don't want it's just like you know when a pet passes away, you don't want to just immediately get another <laughs> pet because then you're just going to be comparing, you know, the new pet to the old pet. Um, so so what I don't want is to be like because I mean like we were talking about this today we're like man GTA Five is gonna be such a downer because I mean <laughs> Rockstar certainly has a sense of humor don't get me wrong Rockstar has a sense of humor but it's not quite the same thing right, right. Um, beyond that um, I don't you know I really don't know um, uh, I like the, I'm interested in seeing how Diablo three ends up on the console um but wait uh, oh that's right you're one of those weird guys who doesn't play pc games so you don't even have any diablo 3 experience do you i have none i have diablo i played diablo and i played diablo 2 i never and i played uh torchwood and or torch torchwood listen to me torch wait which oh yeah i know i do the PC same show thing. which one is yeah torchwood is the doctor who thing torch okay. light I played torch light <laughs> and i played torch light too <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm interested in Diablo 3, and then, um, 
yeah, that's. Uh, but I'd say probably Splinter Cell would be the next thing that I would give a try. Uh, what do you know about that, by the way? I've heard it's it's good, um, but um, I'm, I'm waiting for someone on this show to to, to, to review it because they've they've talked about how good it is, but they haven't. Put Let me tell you something about Splinter Cell. But Brandon, I'll tell you something about Splinter Cell Blacklist. When you play Splinter Cell Blacklist on a harder difficulty, mm-hmm. it gives you more experience points. It gives you more money, and it gives you an achieve. Actually, yeah, an achievement. That's that's something you can take about Splinter Cell Blacklist, and you can put that in the bank. There you go. I think you know. I think I did. I think I got the achievement for doing the co-op missions on hard on the last one. I don't remember. Uh, I do remember. I remember the airfield. It was kind of hard not to. I think everybody remember the airfield in that game. But did you like uh, Dead Space Three? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, you know what? I've heard you say that. You didn't. I. I don't feel you appreciated the weapon grind though in Dead Space Three. <laughs> well, I just I bought like, all my weapons. Why? Why would I grind them? Uh, <laughs> thanks EA. Thanks EA. For, I'm kidding. For, <laughs> I'm rolling in money over here. Why would I do that? <laughs> Blacklist 2 has a very similar uh, progression system as Dead Space, which I really liked. I know it didn't work as well for you. Uh, but it encourages you to really play the different missions in different ways, and it rewards you to different degrees, and it lets you make a lot of cool, flexible choices about which kinds of gadgets and weapons and approaches you want to take. Um, so that's, a that's really cool. limber game. Yeah, I, I I like that idea. I just don't really like the Dead Space games. Right, right. Uh, and and you know what? Uh, even like Dead Space has its own gunplay, but as far as supporting co-op and building it into the traditional Splinter Cell stealth slash action, not not quite as actiony as the last game, but just really good job of of making it co-op supportable. I, I think you and Petey will have a grand time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know what? You're probably going to get it on the 360, so I'll gladly bring along my super upgraded dude and uh, and, and do what's called twink you. You're going to twink that's, me? That's not dirty, by the way. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what is that? <laughs> oh, come on. Seriously? Like, twinking is where I've got a super powerful character. It's generally an MMO thing. Like, I'm in World of Warcraft. My guy's level 60. You just rolled up a character. So here, I'm going to come along, and I'm going to give you, like, money... Uh. Equipment. Oh, you're just gonna like one shot everything and let me get the spoils? Exactly, right, right. Oh, oh. I, no, I think that's what, that. You know what? Maybe someone told me wrong. I should look that up on that Urban Dictionary. I, I thought, isn't that what Miley Cyrus did in the VMAs? Was twinking? Is that? Oh, uh, you no. might be right. Oh, we're such old men, aren't we? We're such white old dudes. I have no idea what we're saying. <laughs> it's funny. My um, my wife one day just out of the blue IMs me. What is twerking? And I, and I just laughed. I was like. I was like, "What? Why do you want to know this?" <laughs> so I actually—I don't think I actually know what it is. It's a dance, right? It's a dance, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was—it was just funny, just out of the blue. <laughs> like, my—I love my wife, but she—she she doesn't know like how to. She doesn't know like Twitter. She doesn't know Facebook. She doesn't do any of that stuff. So, like the the what is twerking, and then me trying to explain to her Twitter was like it was like two hilarious conversations that I should not have had with someone who's relatively young. I mean, she's 40. She should, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you, was it twitting? Is it twi- What is it? <laughs> well, uh, speaking of it, before we go, tell folks where they can find you on Twitter again, just because I love hearing this. Um, at Mr. Binky, M-I-S-T-R-B-I-N-K-Y. And then, um, uh, yeah, check out the Game Diaries in quarter three. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, uh, get into that game because I love that game to pieces. Um, and then, yeah, no high scores. Uh, you can go there too. Uh, not as much stuff as before, but you know, still. And uh, we, 
weekly podcast with Todd Brackey and and, uh, and Bill. Occasionally, Ab- Bill when he decides to show up. Yeah, jumping the shark. So that's uh, that goes up Sunday nights. So good. Yep. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, tune in to the movie podcast this Monday morning to hear us do what we hope is a non-tedious pledge drive. There's something in it for listeners. Uh, join us for that. Uh, and join us for the Quarter to Three podcast, the Games Podcast, next week. Uh, follow us on Twitter on at QT3. Please like us on Facebook. We love it when you do that. Uh, and we'll see everyone here next week. Doesn't that totally make you want to play? It really does. <laughs> you know what? I, and I forgot to mention this. Is Did you notice that the dubstep gun, the music changes based on the skin? Oh, I didn't. That makes sense, though, considering how the other skins work. Yeah. Are there only the two skins, though? There's three. There's, like, the, the skin it comes with. There's an industrial skin that makes it look black. And then there's, like, a pop skin that makes it look, like, kind of pink and purple. Um, and, yeah, the music changes. Just, like, it, it makes a sound. Like, when you're just carrying it around, it makes a little sound. And I'm like, what is that? I thought I was going crazy. And it was just the dubstep gun. Oh, I am totally going to go do that right now. Awesome. Yeah.